It is good to be here this morning. Good to see each one of you. Trust you've had a good week this week. And I know we had a little bit of excitement this morning and uh, got everybody all messed up. And uh, I just be honest with you, I, I was up when the earthquake happened. And a preacher friend of mine put on Facebook, he said, wonder if any pastors was praying for a good sermon illustration this morning. And uh, I, I thought to myself, I'll be honest, Brother Corey, I, when I went out the door, I thought everybody and their brother would be preaching on the earthquake this morning. And uh, I thought, I'm just not going to do that. I'm done settled in my heart, and I know what I'm going to do. And uh, come in this morning, Brother Kenny got to talking, some of y'all was testifying, and uh, went down there to my office, and seemed like the Lord put something else on my heart, and you say, you going to preach something else, preacher? I really don't know, just to be honest with you. Uh, I'm still so far in betwixt two, I don't know which way to go, uh, but you pray for me this morning, if you would. I am do want to mind the Lord, and I do have two on my heart, and I promise I won't give them both to you, uh, but uh, you just pray for me. Well, let me give you some announcements quickly. i uh, got several things coming up this month let me run you from now to the end of the month real quick and uh, then then we'll we'll take some prayer requests to get into the service let me say this august the 14th 
And the 15th, uh, there'll be a preacher's meeting down at Canaan Baptist Church, Salisbury. I'll be preaching on August the 14th. That'll be a Friday. Uh, there's going to be several young preachers preaching that, that, that day, that night. Uh, then I think right now I'll be closing it out. Uh, did talk to Brother Jared or seen on Facebook rather. Uh, he said anybody that was coming or like if any of y'all were planning on coming, if you'll let me know, I just need to let him know whatever night you're planning on coming so they make sure they've got enough food. I think they're going to try to feed uh, everybody both nights. So anybody planning on coming, if you'll let me know, I appreciate that. And I get Brother Jared. Then don't forget August 18th will be the first class for Bible college this semester. Looking forward to that. Anybody interested, if you'll get with me, uh, I'll get you the, the forms and everything to fill out, get you some more information on that. And uh, you've heard enough about that. I won't go too much. Then August the 19th, that'll be a Wednesday, just a couple weeks from now. Uh, Miss Ansley asked me if I would to announce it. They'll be having a blood drive. I don't remember where she said it was and don't hardly remember when she said it was. Uh, but I do know she told me I could come anytime I wanted to that day. But if you want some more information about that, I know she'd appreciate if you'd be willing to give. And uh, so if you'll get with Miss Ansley, she'll get you the information on that. All right. That is Wednesday, the 19th. And uh, she asked if I would to announce that. Then August the 26th, that'll be here before we know it. Uh, I'll not be here that night. Me and my family will be out of town. Uh, Brother James Collins will be preaching for you. That'll be on Wednesday. You'll be much in prayer for him. Then August the 30th will be a youth Sunday. You'll be much in prayer. Uh, I think there might be some more things going on as well, but the ones I know of, uh, member Brother Hayden, he'll be teaching the teenage boys class that morning. Miss Ansley will be teaching the teenage girls. And uh, I think maybe, don't hold me to this, but I think maybe Allie told me she might try to help with some of the with Ms. Jessica's class or something like that. So do appreciate our young people taking part in the services and uh, you be much in prayer for them. Then Brother Houston Parks will be with us. He'll be coming preach for us that morning. You be much in prayer Brother Houston. Hadn't been married too long just starting his family and uh, looking forward to having him with us on August the 30th. So we got much coming up this month. Uh, then we'll have September. Don't have too much going on there. And uh, then we'll have October, November, and December and you all know how crazy that gets and uh, so we're looking forward to a good time in the Lord and uh, looking forward to what the Lord's going to do in the next few months so remember each one of those and uh, don't forget you see Miss Ansley about the blood drive all right do have several requests on my heart ask you to help me remember this morning remember my grandpa uh, he is coming home doing fairly good he does extremely good during the day no problems whatsoever then at night he just feels like he can't breathe and he doesn't sleep too well at night you remember him then you remember, me and Miss Kendra do have a special request to ask you to help us remember, if you would. And it uh, just seemed like there's much, much going on. And I uh, can remember those unable to be here. Know there's some sick. Some just don't feel safe coming. And uh, we understand that. Well, that's perfectly fine. Can remember those unable to be here. And uh, remember those that are sick this morning. I know there's several. Uh, Miss D's been having some health problems. I know Buck's been having some health problems. Uh, just seems like there's a lot, lot going on. Can remember each one of them? Remember our shut-ins. Remember those in the nursing home. It broke my heart yesterday, I believe. I was down there talking to Papa Irvin a little bit, and I was, I was picking on him about being uh, gone so long. And I told, him, I told him, I said, if you want to go on vacation, we'd have got you a motel room. You didn't have to take a three-month vacation in the hospital nursing home. 
And uh, he kind of laughed, and he said, he told me it was the hardest thing he ever did. And he said, it wasn't that bad. He said, I could have tolerated the hospital, and I could have tolerated a nursing home. And he said, but the hardest thing was nobody just couldn't come in. You couldn't see nobody. And uh, he said that a lot of times they'd put his phone somewhere he couldn't get to it. And I'm not saying they did that on purpose, but he couldn't get to it, couldn't call nobody. And uh, remember those that are in nursing homes, those types of things, just can't see anybody. You know that'd be heartbreaking. And uh, so remember each one of those. But maybe this morning somebody got a special request on your heart before we pray. Let me, amen. Remember this. Let me give you one more announcement as well. Uh, we did get word the other day about uh, some some kids. Uh, I know school's going to be a little bit different this year than it has been in the past, but there are still some supplies that kids are going to need, uh, even with being at home for the first little bit and all that. And I just be honest, I'm not real familiar exactly what's going on as far as public school. But I will say this: we got word of some kids that needed some help with that. You remember last year we did a school supply drive. Um, we kind of let things sneak up on us. I don't think the schools really knew what they was doing for a while. So I tell you what, I want you to do: if you personally know somebody uh, that may need some help getting their school supplies this year. If you'll let me or one of the deacons know, we'll be happy to take care of that with everything going on. I just don't know. We're going to talk about it a little bit more tonight, but you just be thinking right now uh, of some people you might know of that need some help. We're going to talk about the best way to do it, but we may have to mix things up a little bit from last year. Uh, but you be thinking if you know somebody, I'm not saying embarrass them. I'm just, if you think you know somebody that might need some help, uh, you be letting, thinking about it, let one of us know, and we'll do our best to take care of that, all right? And we're going to meet tonight. We're going to have a deacon's meeting this evening and uh, talk about several things, but that's one of them I want to talk about and find out how to be the best way to do that with all this COVID-19. I don't know how many people would come and just go through school supplies on the table. It might be better to get it together and just let them come pick up their bag all right anybody else got a prayer request for pray
Somebody else. All heart free. John Jones, if you would, takes Lord and word of prayer. Somebody got some on your heart, something you need to do, you mind the Lord. I didn't know which way to go. All right. All hearts free. Take your Bibles. Go to the book of Romans. Romans chapter number 13. I'll be honest with you. I really uh, want to go to the book of Revelation, but I just can't get there this morning. I believe the Lord have us go to Romans chapter 13. And uh, while you're turning, let me say this. I wanted so bad. I'm going to, you believe me, uh, I'll show you the other outline after the service if you don't. I wanted so bad to shout this morning. I promise I did. And uh, come ready to do that. I wanted to preach on this thought. Uh, and there was no more sea. That's what I really wanted to preach on this morning. And I, while you're turning, let me just do this. Because uh, we're not going to do much shouting this morning, so let me just give you a few things. Uh, what that means, you realize what a sea does? It separates, isn't that right? And uh, over in Revelation 21, John said he saw a new heaven and a new earth. 
descended, and the Bible said that there was no more sea. You know what the Lord's really saying was there'll be no more separating in that day. There'll be no more walking. Are you with me this morning? That excites me. Not only that, but I'm going to say this, there'll be no more storms. Did you know that? About every time they own your Bible, you see the sea, there was a storm on it. Isn't that right? Jonah went out on the sea, there was a storm. The disciples out on the sea, there was a storm. Are you with me? There were storms in the sea. But there'll be no more sea, so there'll be no more storm. Isn't that right? Then what about this? There'll be no more sepulcher. You say, preacher, what do you mean? The Bible said in the book of Revelation chapter 20 that the Bible said that death and hell gave up the, they gave up the dead that were in them. But before that, it said, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Do you realize the sea for years has been a burial ground? Do you realize that? There'll be no more need of a burial ground. Do you realize that? There'll be no more death. Isn't that good? I mean, that's exciting to me. Y'all might as well shout now because I promise you it's going to be the only time you get to. Then the last thing about that sea, there'd be no more sin. Did you know that? The Bible said that he cast our sin into the depths of the sea. There'd be no more sea because there'd be no more sin. What a glad day. Isn't that good? Now, I realize we're living in perilous times, and I realize things look awful bleak, and we're going to look at that right here in just a minute. But I'm glad there is a better day coming, aren't you? Uh, while, it, while it does, I'll be honest with you, it makes me just as nervous as it does you uh, to think about the end times and realize that time's running out. That makes me a little nervous. Don't, don't, don't look at me funny. Uh, I, I'm ready to die, but I don't much want to right now. Isn't that right? Uh, go ahead and nod your head. It'll be all right. But it does excite me to know there is a better day coming. Aren't you glad for that? But if you have your Bibles, Book of Romans, chapter number 13, let's look in verse number 11. When you find your place, stand with me. If you can, enable and honor and reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. Romans chapter number 13 and verse number 11. The Bible said in that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering, nor wantonness, not in strife and envying. Notice verse 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I do love you. Lord, I'm thankful this morning for the privilege, God, the honor, Lord, to be back in your house. Lord, I'm glad that, Lord, once again, we've been able to assemble ourselves together. Lord, I pray that, Lord, would you have your will and way in each and every heart, Lord, each and every life. Lord, I pray for every request God's been made mention. Lord, I pray that, Lord, would you touch in each and every situation. Lord, I pray for that one here today that maybe has a... Lord, special requests, just a burden upon their heart. Lord, I pray you'd meet their need as well. Lord, I pray that, Lord, if they'd be one in the midst this morning, that, Lord's walking a far distance away. God, I pray that, uh, Lord, in these last days, you'd draw them up closer to you once again. Lord, I pray most of all, if they'd be one here today, lost, undone without you. Lord, I pray old-fashioned Holy Ghost conviction. Uh, uh, Lord, to be evident, Lord, here in this place today. Save them, for it's everlasting too late. Lord, you know my heart this morning. 
morning, Lord, I realize that. Uh, Lord, I have no preaching made. Lord, I pray just for a little while. Lord, I pray that you give me unction, give me utterance. Uh, Lord, that only comes from you. Help us now. Uh, uh, just for a little while, Lord, I pray that. Lord, above everything else, would you bring honor and glory unto yourself today. We'll be careful uh, uh, to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. For we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Uh, amen and amen. You be seated. Uh, hey, thank you for standing this morning. Now the Bible said uh, in verse number 11, and that knowing uh, uh, the time that now it is high time uh, uh, to awake out of sleep, for now uh, is our salvation nearer uh, uh, than when we believe. Uh, I sit here this morning listening to several of you talk about uh, I uh, have that you awoke uh, in an unusual way this morning, like you've never, uh, uh, I dare say, awoken before. You uh, <coughs> wasn't expecting uh, uh, the events that took place to happen this morning. And uh, I'll just be honest with you, Brother Kenny's talking about how that he was asleep. Uh, and then he woke up. I'm surprised that wasn't my scenario. I, I, I'm the same way. It's very hard for me, uh, uh, for whatever reason, to wake up on Sunday morning. I, uh, most time I'm asleep just as late uh, as I possibly can. That's all right because I'm a bit different. My wife is. Uh, uh, I wake up at eight thirty and walk out the door at nine o'clock, uh, and they don't bother me not there at one bit. I mean, I'm showered, shaved, and get ready. Uh, You said that you awoke uh, by that earthquake. It shocked you. It surprised you. Uh, I, I believe it might have been Kirk a minute ago made this statement. Uh, uh, that he thought this morning that uh, that be how the coming of the Lord was. Uh, in fact, the Bible said that he comes in a day and air, which you think not. Isn't that right? Uh, uh, nobody would be expecting it. Nobody would be looking for it. Uh, uh, but that's exactly how it happened. Uh, in fact, the Bible said in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Isn't that right? Uh, I mean, that quick, John, life will have changed. Uh, uh, so I do believe, I, I saw several things on Facebook, uh, how did the Lord people made this statement, said, I guess the Lord uh, uh, just set an alarm clock. Uh, uh, isn't that right? I saw several pastors put on there. Uh, uh, since the Lord's already woke you up, you might as well uh, uh, just come on down to the church. Isn't that right? Uh, uh, now, so I'm interested in that little that little thought uh, about awaking uh, uh, this morning. Now, I would say this. Uh, I, I know two people. all I know of uh, uh, that slept through it this morning. And I was told that Hayden uh, and Alice slept through the earthquake. That's all I know. And they pointed at Brenda. Must be three, all right? Uh, uh, so there's very few that slipped through it. Uh, uh, but I did see many said that they awoke uh, uh, by that earthquake. Now notice what Paul said uh, in verse number 11. Uh, and that knowing the time uh, that now it is high time uh, to awake out of sleep. Uh, do you know what you'd do? Every one of us, I dare say, uh, or the majority of us, set an alarm clock. Uh, uh, we set a clock to wake us up uh, 
Let us know that it's time to wake up. Isn't that right? There's been much said. I don't have time to preach through all of it this morning, but there's been much said about the signs and the different things of the end times. I do believe this morning that the Lord is letting events transpire to remind us and to wake us up and let us know in the time that it's now high time to awake out of sleep. And I want you to understand Paul's not writing to the lost man, but he's writing John to the church at Rome. Excuse me. He's writing to the church at Rome. And he says, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Now, I'll preach a little while on this thought. Knowing the time. Now you say, preacher, what are you talking about? We talk much about, uh, there's been much said over the last several months, even years, about how that we're living in the end times. And I believe that. I'm not trying to convince us otherwise this morning, but I wonder if we really know the time. I really wonder if we really register what time it is. You wake up, uh, if you're anything like me, I wake up numerous times throughout the night and John, it doesn't matter what time it is, doesn't matter if it's dark outside or not and you can tell uh, whether the sun's up. The first thing I'll do, Jessica, when I wake up, I'll either look at my watch or I'll look at the clock beside the bed. As soon as I wake up, I want to know what time it is. I want to know how immediately that's what I do. I, I don't know why that we do that, but immediately you want to know what time it is. Hey, can I say this? I believe this, mor- this morning that we're living in the end times. I believe we're living in the last days. I, I believe it's just about time. I, I believe it could be any time, by the way. I, I so knowing the time I, that now, it is high time to awake out of sleep. So I preached a few minutes this morning on that thought, knowing the time. Now, stay with me. I want you to notice with me, first of all, the awareness. Notice what Paul said. And that knowing the time. Uh, You know what Paul said? He said, there's something you can know. I've never one time woke up and wondered what time it was uh, and looked and saw well I don't know what time it is. Uh, John I can know what time it is. I look at the clock. I look at my watch and it tells me the time. Isn't that right? Uh, now watch this. Now you, it may be a little different but uh, I could say this morning what time is it? Uh, and they'd be several people pull out their phones or their watch or whatever the case may be and they'd say preacher it's 1127. Uh, uh, that's what time that it is. And Paul said, and knowing the time. Isn't that right? They tell me, Kirk, that before there was watches and all these things, that uh, a man could walk outside and you just about do it. You know where the uh, you know where the sun is, that the sun's at its highest point at, at, at noon, and you go outside and you could almost, John, go out there and realize that it was about 12 o'clock. But Paul didn't say knowing almost. He said knowing the time. Isn't that right? Uh, can I say this this morning? The Lord has put things in place that uh, we can know the time. Now, I'm not saying this morning uh, that I know exactly when He's coming back, but I do know this, John. There's not one thing that has to be fulfilled uh, in order for the Lord to come back. Uh, we're living in the in the prophetic scheme of things. Uh, uh, we're living in the last seconds uh, of the last days. Uh, I mean, it could be 
any time, Kirk. So knowing the time, there was an awareness. Paul said you need to realize not only where you're living, but realize when you are living. Isn't that right? Let me say this. That's how our world works. We go certain places at certain times. Isn't that right? There's certain things we do at certain times. Now listen to me. I'm going to make my point in a minute. Listen to me. I've always wondered why it was, Leona, that they scheduled church when they did. Now I'm going to give you a point. Now watch this. You can back tell whether you look at your watch or not when it's about 12 o'clock. You know why? I can tell when it's about 12 o'clock because people start looking that way. That's exactly, I'm just telling you the truth. How do you know why? Whether they looked at their clock or not. We usually eat lunch about 12 o'clock, don't we? So about 12 o'clock, everybody starts getting hungry. And you know that it's time to go eat and you start looking that way. See, I got tired of doing that so I conditioned myself. I don't eat lunch to about 2 o'clock. And that way I just don't know, alright? But listen to me now. There's certain things that we do at certain times. And Paul said, knowing the time. He said, when you realize uh, what time it is, uh, he's getting ready to tell us some things that we need to do. Let me ask you this. I'm going to preach. You ever... You ever been doing something, got busy, whatever the case was, maybe working, whatever whatever you be doing, and, and all of a sudden, Kirk, you look at your watch and you realize it's 12 o'clock. Now, you wasn't a bit hungry. I mean, you just focused on what you was doing. You wasn't a bit hungry, but when you saw it was 12 o'clock, you said, well, I got to go eat lunch. That right? All of a sudden, you got hungry because you realized what time it was. And you knew that because of what time it was, there were certain things you are to be doing. Isn't that right? Now watch this. I got to thinking about that down in my office this morning, and I thought, my soul, what a thought. Now watch this. You know what I hear in these days, John, all the time? I've preached messages before, and I'm not talking about convictions. I'm talking about preach the Bible. I mean, preach clear Bible doctrine. People come up to me and they say, Preacher, I, I, I guess that's what the Bible says, but I just don't feel convicted for it. Boy's getting off quiet. I just don't feel all that bad about it. Well, can I show you something? If that's what the Bible says, it don't much matter whether you feel anything or not. That right? Yeah. It does. That's exactly right. It doesn't much matter how you feel uh, if that's what the Bible said. Isn't that right? And I thought, what a thought! Uh, instead of trying to make people feel bad uh, about what they're doing, it's just time they realize what time they're living in. Isn't that right? Paul said, and knowing the time that what that now it is high time to awake. Out of sleep. Ain't that right? Paul said, you want to know what time it is? Uh, it's time that you wake up. Uh, well, you might as well just go ahead and nod your head. It ain't going to get no better whether you sit there quiet or not. Listen to me. Paul said, knowing the time that now it is high time that you'll wake out of sleep. He said, you want to know what time it is? Uh, it's time you wake up. Uh, it's time you get up. Uh, it's time that you rise. Uh, it's time that you knock the sleep out of your eyes uh, and wake up this morning. Uh, not only is there an awareness, but I want to say this. Uh, there is an awakening. Uh, Paul said, if you 
you'd realize what time it was, uh, you'd get up. Isn't that right? Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, how many times, now listen to me, uh, how many times we've all done it at one point or another, I don't care how, how prompt and punctual you are, uh, uh, there's been a time you're supposed to be somewhere at such and such time, uh, and for whatever reason you didn't wake up, uh, and when you woke up and saw what time it was, uh, and realized John used later than what you thought you were, uh, you what you didn't have to do any great gesture. Uh, had that been the one day your routine was messed up? Uh, you didn't have to have a cup of coffee. Uh, you didn't have to have somebody pat you on the back. Uh, you didn't have to have somebody fix you a bowl of Cheerios. Uh, but you got up and got ready uh, because you realized what time it was uh, and that you were late. Isn't that right? Can I say this? If God's people realized this morning what time it was, they wouldn't need somebody to pat them on the back. They wouldn't need somebody to beg them to come to the house of God. They wouldn't need somebody to prime them up to praise the Lord. They wouldn't need somebody to beg them to pray. They wouldn't need somebody to beg them to read their Bible. I told you we weren't going to shout this morning. They wouldn't need nobody to tickle their ears and scratch their backs. They'd wake up and realize that it's just about time they'll stand before God. And they'd wake up up this morning. That's exactly right. Paul said, knowing the time that night is high time, that you awake out of sleep. There's an awareness. Uh, there's an awakening. And then I want you to see this. Uh, there is an approaching. Paul said, uh, I'll tell you what, you better know the time. Uh, you better wake up. Uh, and then he said, you better realize there is an approaching. Getting that right? Watch what he said. Now you say, preacher, I just don't know I just don't know if the Lord's ready to come back or not. Well, I'm going to give you what Paul said, and it's true. There's no way you can debunk it. There's no way you can turn it around. There's no way you can do anything about it. Watch this. Paul said, for now is our salvation. Now, he's not talking about, that word salvation is not talking about getting saved like you and I think of it. What he's talking about is our salvation out of this world. He's talking about when our faith's going to end with sight. That's exactly right. He's talking about when we stand uh, before the Lord. Now watch what he said. For, as our, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Yeah. I, I want to show you something. I believe, uh, let me think. I may be wrong about this and if I am, if I am I apologize, but I think the last one in here that I know of that got saved was probably Ansley, I believe. I may be wrong about that, but as far as in here, if I am, I apologize, but I'm going to use Ansley. I, I, I didn't know Ansley. I had it in my Bible, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But I, it hadn't been over any more than two years since you since y'all come in. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was sitting right back yonder, and I gave an invitation to John. She came, and I, I remember that like it was yesterday. Now you say, preacher, she's, she's the last one in. There's some of you in here been saved longer than she's been alive. But can I show you something? Her salvation, her standing before the Lord is nearer now than the day that she believed. I don't care if you got saved yesterday. It's nearer now than the day that you believe. I don't care if you've been saved 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Your salvation is nearer right now than the day that you believed. Isn't that right? It's what Paul said Paul said, just in case you're skeptical, you better realize uh, there's less days now than there's ever been since the Lord come back. Yeah, yeah, right. Now that's just common sense. Yes, 
I mean, that, that, you don't need no doctorate in theology to figure that out. That's just common sense. If you've got... Now, listen to me. Uh, August the 14th, I'm supposed to be preaching. Uh, Lord willing, down there in Canaan in Salisbury. Jessica texted me last night. I just be honest with you. My mind's a little messed up these days. And uh, she texted me last night. And she said, are you preaching Friday or Saturday? And I sat there and I, I thought... Well, she's trying to get me messed up. That's a good three weeks away. It's Friday the 14th. Then I pulled out my phone. I thought, oh, that is Friday. No joke, it is. This this is Friday. But you know what? Whether I knew what day it was or not, it's closer now than it's ever been. Isn't that right? And it'll be closer tomorrow than it's ever been. So I don't why I don't know when he's going to come back. I'm being honest. I'm not going to claim to. I, I do know we're closer today than we've ever been. And we're going to be closer tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Whatever many days we have left uh, uh, is closer than it's ever been. You better realize there is a day approaching. That right? Now you say, preacher, I'm saved. I don't have anything to worry about. Well, you, your sin will not be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. You're right about that. It's already been judged at Calvary. But you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And you will give an account of the deeds done in your body. That right? Whether they be good or bad. Isn't that right? Brother Kenny, I believe I, I was listening to him down there in the basement. And I believe he hit on this just a little bit. He was talking about, uh, I don't know exactly how he worded it, but he was talking about your motives. Uh, can I say, I've said that, I've said that many a times. It'll not just be what you did, it'll be why you did it that'll be judged. That right? Can I say this? When I realized, Kirk, I'm talking to me if nobody else. When I, when I read that under that context, Paul said, and knowing the time. that right? When I let myself become aware, John, of what time it really is, that now it is high time that you awake out of sleep. Isn't that right? Yeah. Then Paul said, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. When you put that in context and I realize that it's clo- I'm closer, Chris, to standing before God than I've ever been. And it could be in just a few moments. It could be right this instant. Can I tell you something? It makes me realize it's time to wake up. It's time, Kirk, uh, uh, to wake up and quit dreaming. Uh, uh, listen, there's family dying and going to hell. That's exactly right. There's friends. And going to hell. Hey, you know what we're doing? We're laid back on a church pew, sound asleep, thinking everything's all right. You say, preacher, I just don't know about that. Well, I tell you what, let me call you tonight and say, I'm going to come. There's going to be a burglar break into your house and they're going to steal everything you got and they're going to slaughter your entire family. And you go home and lay down and go right off to sleep. Let me see one of you do it. You know, when you go to sleep, when you think everything's all right. That's exactly right. Everything will be okay and you go home and you lay down and you go to sleep and that's exactly where the church is this morning. And Paul said in knowing the time that night is high time that you wake out of sleep. It's nearer now than it's ever been. Isn't that right? There's an awareness. There's an awaking. There's this morning. There's an awaking. There's an approaching. But then let me say this in verse 12. There is an action. Paul said understand Understanding all that, understanding the time, uh, realize that it's time you awake out of sleep, uh, understanding there's an approaching day. Uh, he said, then take action. Watch what your Bible said. Verse number 12. 
So the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Brother Sammy Allen passed away this week, a great man of God. He made this statement one time and it stuck out to me. He said, we're not living in the night, we're living in the wee hours of the morning. Andrew cannot wrap his mind around that, how that it can be nighttime. He, he, he thinks, John, in his mind there's night and there's morning. There, he, he doesn't comprehend that. And so he doesn't realize, I was trying to, to explain it to him, Kendra was at work. He wanted to sleep with me, and we was going to stay up late, and we was laying in the bed watching TV. He said, Daddy, what time is it? I said, Well, it's about 1.30 in the morning. And he said, But it's dark outside. But it was still morning. Yeah. All right. I mean, John, daybreak was just ahead. It was still dark, but it was morning. Yeah. All right. We're not living in the night, we're living in the wee hours of the morning. It may still be dark outside Kirk. This world may seem dark, but I promise you, day breaks just right around the corner. Oh, my soul, I felt something right there. I believe I say it again. I mean, the sun is just about to rise. It'll not be long, and you'll see the early rays of the sun begin to peak over the horizon. It's just about time this morning, friend. That's exactly right. And Paul said that the night is far spent. Watch what he said in verse 12. Paul said the night is far spent the day he is at hand let us therefore because that day is just about here let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and what he said he said there better be some things you cast off you better get up and there better be some things that you cast off now I know this simple John you know one of the first things I do in the morning when I get up I, I, I take off. I'm not trying to be graphic. I, I'm just I'm just going with you. When I get up, I take off what I wear to bed, Ronald, and I go take my shower and I put on some new clothes. That right? You know why? Now I'm going to help some of you right here. And I, I believe I've got I, I believe I got Bible to back it up. I didn't think about this, but I believe I got Bible to back it up. Now listen to me. What you wear to bed is not intended to be worn during the day. I believe I go to Walmart and preach it, don't you? <laughs> What you wear to bed was not intended to be worn uh, during the day. Isn't that right? That's exactly. Let me say it one more time. That felt pretty good too. What you wear to bed, young ladies and young men, was not intended uh, to be worn during the day. Paul said, because the night is far spent, because the day is at hand, cast off the works of darkness. Isn't that right? He said, there better be some things that you cast off. When I get up in the morning, first thing I do, Kirk, I'm just helping myself and nobody else. Watch what he said, that you cast off. My wife's been fussing at me because I take them off and just throw them down on the bed. But that's what Paul said. He didn't say fold it up. He said just get rid of it. Ain't that right? Cast it off. He said cast off the works of darkness. Hey, you say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Paul said you better realize that morning's just about here. And you better be found ready. Isn't that right? I never forget one day we was going to a men's conference or something and I had some men, I was going to ride with some men, they was going to come pick me up 
It might have been y'all. I don't know. It might have been Chris and Kenny that one we went to. I can't remember. Somebody was coming. Well, all of a sudden, I heard, I heard the uh, car pull up, and I woke up, and I looked at my wife, and I realized, John, that uh, I guess I'd overslept. Uh, and whoever it was, I heard them come up the steps. I heard them knock on the door, and you said, Preacher, what was you doing? I was casting off my pajamas just fast as I go. Uh, I mean, I, that's exactly right. And that's what we ought to do this morning. Paul said, you realize what time it is? Uh, if you realize how close daybreak was, was, uh, if you realized how close the Lord was to coming back, uh, you'd realize you don't have time to go wash your face. Uh, you don't have time to lay in the bed another 15 minutes. Uh, you don't have time to sit there and play with your phone. Uh, oh, my soul, let me say it one more time. Uh, you don't have time to sit there and play with your phone. Uh, you better get up uh, and cast off the works of darkness. Isn't that right? He said, there better be some things you get rid of. He's talking to the church folk, by the way. He said, there better be some things in your life that you get rid of. Heard a preacher preach one time that made a whole lot of sense. He asked this question. He said, if you knew the Lord's coming back right this moment, would you be happy with how he found you? What about that? If you knew he's coming back right now, would you be happy with how he found you? You know what blows my mind? I'm not talking about, I'm not saying this this morning to try to increase altar calls. That's not what I'm doing. You know what blows my mind? Not just, not just here, though it does happen here. They know you sugarcoating it. It does. But all over the country, Joan, I, I, we, go into, we go into services, we go into churches, and uh, man, I got to get up and preach a gallbladder out. I mean, preach against sin. You know, the Bible said that the Word of God not return into them void. Isn't that right? It was for somebody. Uh, and they give an altar call. And I'm not so much talking about lost people. I don't understand lost people trying to hold back. I don't understand. I'm talking about saved child of God. Uh, uh, God will come by and convict their heart and show them something in their life. Others they need to cast off. And they'll sit there and say, well, I've got plenty of time. But if you realized what time it was this morning, you might realize that could have been your last opportunity to get that out of your life before you stood before the Lord. And the Lord loved you enough this morning to let him come by and convict your heart and show you some things that ought not be there. How if Paul said, knowing the time that now is a high time that you wake out of sleep. So there's some things that ought to be cast off, cast off the works of darkness. But then I want to say this, there's some things that ought to be, that I want to say there's a covering. You say, preacher, what do you mean? Well, when I get up in the morning, I cast off, I get rid of those things that I wore while I was sleeping, but then I, 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 I don't just stay like that, I cover myself back up, isn't that right? Watch what he said. So we woke works of darkness, then he said, and let us put on the armor of light. What about that? I believe that, I don't have time to spend much time on it, but I believe that'd be a direct reference over there to Ephesians chapter 6. I believe that's where that'd be going. I believe that'd be talking about the armor, uh, the armor of the Lord. I believe that's what it's talking about. I believe it's talking about that helmet of salvation, that breastplate of righteousness, that sword of the Spirit, having your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel. I believe that's what it'd be talking about. I believe that'd be a real good study for us to do, but I don't have time to get into all that. So he said there's some things you ought to do when you realize, the, when you are aware of the time, you, you, as time to wake up, you realize there's a day approaching, there's some actions that ought to take place. You ought to take off some things, cast off some things, you ought to cover yourself with some things, but then watch this. There's a character to which you are to walk. 
You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Watch what he said in verse number 13. Bible said, let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. Paul said, realize when it's time to wake up, you've got to take off them old clothes. There's some things you're going to have to cast off. In fact, can I show you something? My wife fusses at me. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. You, you can look down on me if you want to, but I'm just going to be honest. I'm using her in a positive ray of light in this example. My wife tells me that when you get up in the morning, whatever you wore to bed, aren't to be thrown in the dirty clothes. Now, I don't much agree with that. I'm going to tell you why. I come in, and I took a shower. Ain't that right? After I took that shower, Kirk, I put on a white T-shirt. That's what I wear to bed, a white T-shirt. I put on that white T-shirt. I was clean when I put it on. Ronald, all I did was lay in the bed. I didn't exert myself. So in my mind, that ought to be worn the next night. In my mind. Now, some look at like you agree with me. Some of you look like you don't. But my wife tells me it ought to be thrown in the dirty clothes. Now, let's see what Paul said. Watch what he said. Watch this. Paul said in verse number 13, Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chamber and wantonness, not in strife and envying. Now, can I show you something? Paul said when you get up in the morning, you better get rid of that stuff you had on. And you better cast it away because it's going to be of no more use to you. Ain't that right? In fact, he referred to it as works of darkness. What Paul said was that that word, that word cast, it has the idea, John, to cast it away with no intention of picking it back up. I believe that's a lot of our problems this morning. I believe we think, well, it's good enough. We'll just lay it right here and we'll put that back on after a while. Are you with me? I believe, I, believe we, I believe we hear her message like this, and we say, well, I'm going to get right with God, but I'm going to hold on to it. And I believe I'll come back and put it on. That's not what Paul said. He said, casting off the works of God. What he's saying was, get rid of that filth. Put you something else on. Put on the armor of light. And in doing so, that you can walk honestly as in the day. Is that right? Paul said, there ain't no reason nobody be ashamed of. You ought to put on that, that armor light and walk honestly as in the day. Now you say, preacher, what are you saying? There's some character we ought to exude. In these last days, we realize, Paul's getting ready to tell us some things we ought to do and ought not to do in these last days. And I told you, it ain't, I, I'm just now getting to my message almost. I always been an introduction. Now watch, watch this. Let's look at this character real quick. Paul said... Let us walk honestly. That word honestly means this. In a seemly manner, decent and in order. What about that? Paul said take off him old clothes and put on some new clothes. Now, now stay with me. He said take off him works of darkness, put on the armor of light, that you can walk honestly as in the day. You know what Paul said? That you can be seemingly decent and in order. That you can be an example to everybody else. Now listen to me. Now listen to me. You say, preacher, do you think that a preacher ought to preach on, ought to preach on dress standards? I, I do. 
I think it's been taken too far in some areas. I think there's some things, John, that it's really not my place as your wife's pastor. I'm not. I'm just using Sharon's example, not picking on her. I, I think that I think it's John's job to rule his own house. That right? I, th- I don't think it's my job to walk around telling Sharon what she ought and ought not to wear. But I do think it ought to be decent and in order. I do think it ought to be covering her. Ain't that right? I do think it ought to be modest. I do think that it uh, ought to be decent and meet the standards of the Word of God. But it's not my job to harp on that all the time. But I tell you this, spiritually speaking, the children of God are walking around and they're not decent and in order. That's exactly right. It's getting awful quiet. You know what? Now listen to me. The number one thing I hear in these last days, people say, preacher, I just, I don't care nothing about going down there. I know old so-and-so, and I'm not talking about anybody in particular in the church. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about people all over the country. They'll say, preacher, I used to go down, I was going to go down there on such and such, but I used to work with so-and-so, and he's a deacon down there, and he cusses like a sailor at work, and he, I know he gambles and he drinks, and he ain't no better than I am. If that's what it is, I believe I just keep going like I am. You know what's happened? Children of God ain't walking decent and in order. They don't have on the armor of light that they can walk honestly, has in the day. Isn't that right? Well, it's getting awful quiet, but I believe it'd be all right. It's still wrong, by the way, to tell dirty jokes and hit my soul. It's still wrong to cuss and it's still wrong to uh, fornicate and commit adultery. All that's still wrong. It's still Bible. Uh, and no wonder nobody wants anything to do with it uh, because we're walking around the, in the works of darkness uh, instead of putting on the armor of light uh, and walking honestly, uh, uh, decently, uh, and in all has in the day. That's exactly right. That's exactly right this morning. My soul, I don't know why y'all bogged down on me this morning, but that is right. It's still wrong in 2020 to commit fornication. It's still wrong to commit adultery. It's still wrong to lie. It's still wrong to have envy. It's still wrong to have strife. It's still wrong to be jealous. It's still wrong. Sin is still sin. And it's time that we cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light and walk honestly as in the day. That's exactly right, friend. Watch what your Bible said. That word honestly means a seemly manner to be decent in order. Then watch what he said. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in writing. Now what about that? I didn't even have to pull a definition for that. I believe we all know what writing is in these days. Ain't that right? Now listen to me. You think about them writers. Uh, all, whatever they're writing for, I don't much matter to me. You know what it brings? What they do is, they do this. They take something, John, that might even be a good cause. And all they're doing is causing chaos and destruction. Is that right? And there's a whole lot of Christian people, spiritually speaking, that take a good cause. And all they're doing is causing chaos and destruction. That's exactly right. Let me ask you something. Now listen to me. I, I, I'm not talking about compromising on that book. I, I'll preach that book and I'll preach, I'll preach sin. It don't bother me a bit. But can I show you something? John, I've got family members that's on Facebook. And John, I, I had one just recently. I got on there and he had kid put a post on there and it was just filthy language. 
Now, what I could have done was I could have got on there and just browbeat him. I mean, I could have just slammed him. I mean, I could have just embarrassed him in front of everybody. And I'd have been right that what he did was wrong. Is that right? But you know what I've been doing? Causing chaos and destruction. All I'd have been doing is pushing him away. Is that right? I might have been right that what he was doing was wrong. But you know what I'd have been much better to do? I'd have been much better to call him up and say, listen, you know I don't approve of that. and you, I, I, I'm not asking you to change. I'm just going to let you know anything like that, I'm going to block it to make sure nobody else sees it. And I just want you to know that I love you and I'm going to be praying for you. And even more than that, the Lord loves you and I'm praying God will save you one of these days. You know what that does? That shows love. I'm still showing him, John, I don't agree with it, but it shows him I love him. Is that right? Can I show you something? These last days, you better be real careful not to be a writer. You better be real careful not to stand up and brown. All it does is cause chaos and cause confusion and destruction. It amazes me. I'm not trying to be political. These people, they, they ride and they, it's all in these good names. But do they not stop and look at the chaos and destruction that they left behind them? Any good they might have done has been outweighed by the destruction that they've done. Boy, I've met some Christians like that, aren't you? Haven't you? They might have done some good things, but when you look back at the chaos and destruction they left behind them, it doesn't seem like the bad outweighs the good almost. Is that right? My soul, we better be careful walking honestly. Not rioters. Now watch this. I'm hurting. Not rioters. Then he went on to say this. And drunkenness. That word drunkenness simply means to be intoxicated. Let's get on. Not in chambering and wantonness. That word chambering means this. It literally means a place of rest or a place of sleep. But it carries the idea of adultery and fornication. That's what Paul was talking about. He said in these last days, let me show you something. I, I, I'm not being ugly. I'm not trying to be vulgar. But I'm going to tell you something. In these days... In these last seconds of the last days, the world has gone crazy over sex. Now, let's just be honest. And can I show you something? It, I, my soul. Well, I'm going to say this just real quick. You know why part of the reason that our marriages and our homes are so tore up? You ought to be a preacher and preach on the intimate relationship between a man and his wife. John, it clams up so tight. I mean, everybody gets so nervous, and it's Bible, and it's what God intended. That right? That right? It blows my mind, Kirk. It blows my mind. It amazes me how many teenagers have told me, I don't care anything about getting married. I saw how mom and daddy lived. I'd just soon just live with a boy. I'd just soon just live with God. Help us. I, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about right here in Baptist churches. I, I saw how mom and daddy's marriage was. I, I believe I'd just soon shack up. God, help us this morning. God, help us to realize that, uh, that I believe that's where we're walking a lot of times uh, is in chambering. We're so focused on uh, the, we're so focused on fulfilling the lust uh, of our flesh this morning uh, that we don't even realize that it's almost time to stand uh, before the Lord. Bible said, let's well, bargain down again. I might as well just hit it while I'm here. The Bible said that the marriage bed was undefiled. Yeah. That right? 
Well, can I just say this? You know what that means? That means if you ain't married, it's the fire. Jeff Castle, you know Jeff Castle. Mute me just a second, Kenny. Jeff Castle went into prison. It was intended to be a thing that man and wife could enjoy. But it's been perverted in these last days. You might as well just nod your head and say, I ain't like it bothers you because I'm preaching for 10 minutes on it. Listen to me, it's been perverted in these last days. And the Bible said not in chambering. What he was saying was, Kirk, you better realize some of the ways you've been living, some of these desires you've been fulfilling, you're going to stand before God and give an account of it. What he's saying, that's exactly right. You might as well nod your head. He said, you're going to give an account of how you've lived your life. And I believe he used that example uh, because in the last days, I believe it's the most prevalent, I believe it's the most prevalent example that we have. That word wantonness, it means this, unbridled lust or excess lasciviousness. You know, mute me now if you hadn't already. It means unbridled lust, excess, or lasciviousness. It means uh, uh, it means unable to control yourself. Living in excess, uh, uh, going above and beyond. Lasciviousness, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. Remember that, saying that the more that you sin, that God would exhume His grace more. That's what it means this morning. Paul said you better realize in these last days, He's talking to the church Kirk, and he said, you're living in unbridled lust. You're not able to control yourself. That's exactly right. We're going to have a lust of the flesh. Did you know that? Every last one of us are going to have lust, and we're going to have desire. Don't get nervous on me. That's what the Bible said. We're going to have lust. We're going to have those things. But John, by the grace of God, we are able to bridle it. We are able to control it. We are able to restrict those things. But Paul said, you better realize you're living in wantonness. And that means that you're not able. You're not controlling your own body. Tell me that's not where we live in today. I'm talking about within the church. Tell me we're not saved. They told me, one of the, a preacher friend of mine told me the other day that within America, I believe, I may be getting this wrong, but it was well over 30% of pastors and preachers in America reported to an anonymous, uh, to an anonymous, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Source that they were addicted to, the pornography. 
Did you catch that? You know what that is? Unable to bridle your lust. That's, don't lose me this morning. You say, preacher, I'll be preaching like this. Can I tell you it's time we realize where we are and wake up? It's time we quit laying back sleep and thinking there's everything's all right and realize there are problems. There are things that need to be cast off. There's things that need to be put on. That sin is still sin. Wrong is still wrong. It's time that we wake up this morning. Not only wanting us, he went on to say this. Verse number 13. This walk also in the day, not riding in drunkenness, nor chambers, and wantonness, not in strife and in envy. That word strife simply means contention. That word envy simply means jealousy. I've never seen a day that within the church there's so much strife, so much contention, and so much jealousy. That's exactly right. And Paul said if you'd wake up and realize what time it is, you'd wake up and you'd cast off some of that stuff. You'd put on the armor light that you could walk honestly as in the day. Then I want to say this. Notice with me the catering, and I'm done. Verse 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ... Make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Paul said, let me tell you what to do. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch this. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. You say, preacher, what do we need to do in these last days? You better wake up. You better realize what time it is. You better wake up. You better realize his appearing soon coming. You better realize there's some things that need to be took off and there's some things that need to be put on. Then I won't say this. You better get everything right. And then Paul said, once you take off them old clothes and put on that new, and once you get everything right and you walk with the right character, he said, then put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, and make not provision for the flesh. You know what Paul said? Let me give you an example, and I'm done. There's several stories to go with this, but uh, I, I was a, there was a young boy was talking to his daddy, and his daddy was telling him, I've heard it two different ways. I heard one Mays Jackson was talking to an Indian chief, but you watch everyone, it's the same story. It, the story goes, John, whoever it was, was telling the story about two wolves inside every one of us. And he was telling that, that, that them wolves, that they were constantly fighting against each other. That's talking about the flesh and the spirit that's at war within us. So that, the story I'm going to tell you is about, the, about a daddy telling his little boy about that. So that little boy looked up and said, Daddy... Which wolf wins? That daddy looked at me and said, Son, the one that you feed wins. Is that right? The one that you feed, the one you make stronger, that'll be the one that'll win. Paul said, Make not provision for the flesh. You know what Paul said? He said, When you get things right, when you take off the works of darkness, put on the armor of light, he said, When all that's done, feed your spirit, not your flesh. Is that right? I, I, I'm going to tell you something. I, it's a real thing this morning. We might as well just get into it. If I couldn't this morning have one of these without looking at things I would not look at, I'd go back and get me a flip phone. If I couldn't have, I, I'm not preaching against it. I've got one. But if I couldn't have it without looking at things I would not look at, John, I'd throw it away. If I couldn't have a computer without looking at things I would not look at and doing things I would not be doing, I'd bust it up and throw it in a garbage can. I've got one. I've got a TV, Elaine. But if I couldn't watch it without getting myself places I ought not be, I'd bust it up and I'd get rid of it. 
If I could, if I couldn't drive a vehicle without going place or not go, I'd go buy me. I'd go buy me a horse and wagon. I've been honest this morning. You say, preacher, what are you saying? When you realize this morning what time it is and where we live and when we live, you'd realize it's time to quit feeding your flesh. Oh, we ought to be getting closer to him. We ought to be getting stronger for him, not falling away more and more. That's exactly right. One of these days, we're going to stand before him. I'm just been off. I told you I wanted to shout this morning. I wanted to, John. I did. I didn't want to get into all this. But I'm going to tell you every one of them things we deal with on a daily basis, it's in the end times. It's within the church. I'm not even preaching to the lost man. I, they're supposed to live like that. I'm talking about the church this morning. been saved by the grace of God. It's time we took off the works of darkness I, and put on the armor of light I, and quit feeding our flesh this morning. You know the difference between us and that old church? My soul, John, sometimes I long just to live like they did. Back in the 40s and 50s, and 60s, they didn't have TVs. They didn't have all that stuff. They didn't have cell phones. They, they couldn't just drive to Winston and Charlotte. Are you with me? My great-grandpa, they told me the other day, was 90 years old. The first time that he went into a restaurant to eat. 90 Years old. They said he bought, I, I believe my grandpa was telling me that they bought him, they bought him a cheeseburger, and I think, John, they said they'd give seven or eight cents for that cheeseburger, and said he fussed all the way home, said he'd never go back again. That was way too high. <laughs> but can I tell you something? He didn't have TV, he didn't have a radio. He, he just went to town about once a month. Never went to Winston. Never saw the beach. Never. Are you with me? You say, oh, preacher, that sounds awful. Sometimes I think that's why they're closer to the Lord than we are. All he had, Kirk, was a Bible. And, and the sweat of his brow. I've just been honest this morning. Had just a little two-room house that he raised about ten youngins in. Uh, I mean, my soul. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Paul said, make not provision for the flesh. I'm not preaching against all that stuff. But I would tell you this, I think them old timers are smarter than we give them credit for sometimes. I think we'd have been a whole lot better off. I think it'd do some of us good. I'm just being honest. I'm preaching to me just as much as I am you. It'd do some of us good every once in a while to turn that TV off go get in our Bible. Do some of us good every once in a while to quit work. Oh my soul. We got so many hobbies in these days. I, I liked what Brother Michael Pondex said. He said the, 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 the work schedule laid out in the Bible was a six-day work week and a day of rest. And he said, so I tell you what, he said, if you can do that, provide for your family, spend time with your family, and then you got time for a hobby, have at it. There's a lot of truth in that. But we got hobbies, we've got this, we've got that. We'll spend all day. I've been as guilty, I'm as guilty as anybody. Spend all day sitting in a deer stand and come in and turn on a TV show about deer hunting and sit there and zone out, not even see our family, not spend our families, not see our youngins, not talk to our wives, let alone get in the Bible, let alone get them together and say, let's go pray. Let alone, that's exactly right. Hey, Paul said, for, uh, Paul said not to feed your flesh, not to make provision. For the flesh. But honestly this morning. If we knew what time it was. We'd know it's high time we'll wake out of sleep. Wonder this morning what it is you need to get rid of. Wonder what, I know I, I've just hit what Paul covered. But I, I believe God's got enough. He can come by and zero in your heart. And show you some things that need to be took out of your life. That need to be cast off. 
And I believe there's some things in every one of our lives not only need to be got rid of, but I believe there's some things we need to put into our life. Some things we need to put on that armor of light. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. That's not just for preachers, that's for everybody. Having the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, all those things, that's for everybody. Wonder this morning what it is need to be put out of our lives, what it is need to be put into our lives so that we can walk honestly. So preacher, what do I do when I get all that right? Quit feeding your flesh. Quit feeding your flesh. In these days, we'd still be a light to a lost and dying world. And I'm not being mean to you this morning. We've all got flesh. And it, all our flesh has desires and had lust. That doesn't mean you have to feed them this morning. By the grace of God, he can help you.